to our teaching, our subject over these past several, uh, few weeks is, again, the word faith. The word what? Faith. Are you all following? Uh, please pay attention. Now, before I go forward, I want you to understand, maybe you don't understand the value of this message. It's very important. Uh, I don't know if you have been receiving anything new. Uh, from this series. How many of you have, can say you've received new revelations? I, I want to see hands, really. I, if, if you haven't, don't raise your hand. But if you know you have been blessed by way of receiving a revelation in this series, I want to see your hand up. Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. So what, what we are trying to do is that you understand the meaning of, the fullness of the meaning of the word, what? Faith. And the full range of the meaning of the concept of faith is very important. And that one of the things that will make you, you know, do for you is that it will lessen the kind of confusion and, and, and misconceptions you have about faith. It will also enrich your understanding about faith. I believe that's what you have been receiving so far. So, the subject is the word faith. Hallelujah. Understand the various shades of meanings of the word faith as used in the Bible. A word can be used in several different ways. And in each case, the meaning has a shade that is different from another usage. You want me to say that again? Huh? A word can be used how? In many different shades of ways. And in each case, a shade of meaning for one case could be different from the shade of meaning for another case of the usage. And that's what we are doing about faith. And so far, have you seen that? Have you seen that so far? Huh? Okay, only a few people are responsive this evening. I want you to know what you know and what you don't know. I want you so that we can, you know, make everything effective. So, message number five, the word faith in the New Testament. Remember, we dealt with the word faith in the Old Testament. So, tonight we're dealing with the word faith in the New Testament, part four. Huh? And this is volume one. Please reflect that in the, in the message, uh, in, this, in the tapes and the recording. So, we say that this word faith has different shades of meanings. First and foremost, we must remember that in the original language of the Bible, or the original languages of the Bible, which for the Old Testament is what? Primarily or mostly Hebrew. And in the New, New Testament is primarily and mostly what? Greek. There are Aramaic, in a, a little bit of Aramaic in both, on both sides. That the word faith, has various shades of meanings. And because it has various shades of meanings, but in the English, the word remains the same. So it has turned out that many people get confused. Many people get, uh, you know, get uh, to misunderstand. And so what we are trying to do is to, and because of that, it, 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 there's a controversy as to what faith is or what faith is not. So we're trying to sort out those controversies. 
and get us to a clearer understanding. Is that okay? All right. So, in the Old Testament, we found out that, uh, that even though the idea of faith is heavy, the presence of the word faith in the Old Testament is heavy. But, in most of the cases, that word does not occur in the noun form. And what is the noun form for the word faith? Faith. In the Old Testament, only in one place will you find the word faith. In that form. And that's the noun form. In several other places in the Old Testament where the idea of faith is conveyed, a faith is spoken of in what form? Verb form. Which is what? Believe or to believe. You see, most of the time in the modern church, when people teach on faith, they don't make a differentiation between faith and belief. I don't know if you notice that. And they don't relate faith with belief. But I, I do that, and that's the major, one of the things about my book on faith. So, as you already know, faith and belief are not exactly the same, but they are related. In one way, they differ is that one is a noun in the noun form. Are you following? And the other is in the word form, verb form. And we'll, come, we'll get back to that. That's one way they, 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 are differ, they differ from each other. And, and, and not, not, you know, what is their relationship? One hands the baton over to the other. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One, so to speak, triggers the other. Faith functions differently. Belief functions differently. But the one needs the other. We'll get back to that. So in the Old Testament, we have it in those two forms. But for the most part in the Old Testament, you will see the idea of faith. But for the most part, it's mentioned in the form of, in its uh, verb form, which is believe or to believe. Amen? But only in one place will you find it. In his noun form. That's in Habakkuk, what? 2 4, right? The, 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 the just shall live by faith. Or some versions say, the righteous will live by what? Faith. That's one thing we want to understand here. So that's the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we saw that in the word that is translated faith in the English, there are two primary words. The one is what? A man. From where you get the word. Amen or amen. Amen? And that means to be firm, to stand firm, to be convinced and stand firm, like as in standing firm on the word of God. Or you understand what I'm saying? That's why when God spoke in the Old Testament, when people received that word because they know it's the word of God, it will come to effect. They say what? Amen. And that means literally, so be it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, to, to say amen to the word of God is to believe God. That's why people like Mary, when the angel told him, hallelujah. Amen? About that message, it was hard for the human mind to comprehend. She said amen to it. How did she say it? Let it be unto me according to your word. In one word, Mary said Amen. You have to understand that in the day of Mary, their Bible was the Old Testament. Huh? You believe that? 
Aha, uh -huh. that was the Bible. The New Testament had not been written. The New Testament was written at least 40 years after Jesus had died. 40 years. The earliest New Testament book was written 40 years after Jesus had died. Are you all following? Okay, okay. You remember when, when the Lord said to Peter, move your, your boat into the deep. Peter said, I've fished all night. But what? And I caught nothing. And I'm an expert fisherman. You're a carpenter. <laughs> but what? At thy word. What's Peter saying? Amen. Are you getting an idea? God is going to show you things from the word. Amen? That will make sense to you. What do you do? You better be a Mary or a Peter. You say amen to it. You know, we pray today and you say, people say amen. Amen. They're not serious with it. So, amen has become one of the things, you know, because we don't, it has lost its meaning. So, when the preacher sees people sleeping in church, somebody say amen. Then everybody say amen. They go back to sleep. Now, I'm just telling you the, some of the tricks. Because words have lost meanings among us. And as an apostle of Jesus Christ, one of my functions is to take us back to the beginning. I have to say this. I'm not, I'm not used to saying this type of things. Because I assume you should know. The teachings you get here are apostolic. And one of the things about apostolic, and let me warn you, let me tell you, I'm not looking for new revelation. Because there's none. Guess what, what am I doing? I'm taking us back to old revelation. Because there's no new revelation. Are you all hearing me? By the way, what is revelation? The Bible is revelation. Is there a new Bible? Okay, so let's go back to the Bible. That's revelation. Amen. We're taking almost 10 minutes to talk about amen. By the way, there's a series I gave last year. The, the, the title is Amen. Oh, not last year, se several years ago. It's about five messages. <laughs> the, the title is the, the Power of Amen. Huh? I don't know if it's on the pod bin, but it's on hard copy. That one I'm sure. Have you, you remember, how many of you remember that series? The Power of what? Amen. amen. <laughs> All right. So the other word for Faith in the Old Testament is emuna, which means faithfulness. Amen. It goes beyond faith. It goes into what? Faithfulness. Then we come to the New Testament. On the New Testament, we found that the word, the, the idea of faith is everywhere in the New Testament. In the Gospels alone, you can't count. It's a, to, to, to be on, you know, to my understanding, the primary thing, one of the primary things Jesus came to do was to restore faith because faith was lost in the garden. Jesus came back, came to restore faith and belief. So if you read the gospel, especially the gospel of John and the epistles of John, the word faith, especially the word, of be the word belief, is everywhere. Are you all following? So um, from my understanding, so in the New Testament, both words are there and they are proliferative. They are everywhere. They are copious in the New Testament. Uh, but we, another thing we find out that both the noun form and 
the verb form are there. But much more the fact that in the New Testament, there are at least four different shades of meanings of speak. And if you don't understand these four different shades of meaning, you will have problem understanding faith in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Uh, what was the first form, shade of meaning for faith? As a religious profession, usually known as the faith. Has somebody said to you, uh, do you know Brother So-and-so? You say, yes, I do. You say, is he or she or sister so? Is he or she still in the faith? That's what they are saying. And we saw that faith in that sense means a religious vocation or religious profession or religious uh, 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 life ministry that's based on the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came and died, was buried and rose again on the third day. And on the basis of that, known as the finished work, huh? one can receive eternal life one can walk in righteousness with the Father. What one can uh, receive uh, redemption and salvation. If you believe that, you are in the faith. Praise the Lord. That is the faith. And the congregation of people, the family of people that have that kind of understanding and consensus is known as the house of faith or the people of faith, or community of faith. Are you all following? That's the faith. Second shade of meaning. Somebody help me. Faith as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is faith, not as a religious uh, uh, what a vocation. But this is faith as a fruit of character. Does anybody follow? Huh? What do I mean? This is faith as an attribute, and primarily an attribute of God which Jesus Christ received from the Father for, himself, for his own self and then imparts to all those who come to him. It is faith that the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and sows in the heart of the believer, not as a way of receiving from God, but as a way, praise the Lord, of developing a character Or a moral virtue. Hallelujah. Which along with other pieces of character attributes are known as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So one can call them these things, including that faith. One can call them Christian character. One can call them Christian virtues. What I like to call them kingdom character. Because it's a part of set of attitudes and mindsets and behavior that every believer in Jesus Christ ought to have. There are nine of them listed in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And about five, six, seven or eight of them listed in First Peter. What are the others listed in Galatians? Can anybody remember? Huh? Long suffering. Where did you go there first? You want to scare my people? <laughs> Long suffering or patience. Amen. Is is patience a character? Uh, every other thing listed on that list is a character attribute. 
And if you, as we're going to list them now, make sure the one you're lacking in. Guess what? It is in you. You can't, you, you, it's not in another brother and not in you. God, why didn't you give me patience? You gave sister patience, patience. No, it's in you. The difference that the question, have you cultivated your own? Are you following? The Holy Spirit gives you a seed of each one of those. And it's your job to cultivate it with the help of the Holy Spirit. This is Christ-like character. So one of them is patience. What other? Love. Which other? Meekness. When I say it loud, because many people don't like that one. Meekness. It makes you look like a fool. That's why people don't like it. But to be honest with you, you know, you don't hear this on TV and anywhere. In churches these days, they don't. They tell you one kind of faith, how to receive. Name it, claim it, and run. And step on somebody's toe where you're getting that. Knock somebody down. As long as you get that thing by faith. Lie against somebody. Slander them. Okay, you don't like what I'm saying. Are you following? Cause confusion. No, that's not Christ-like character. Years ago, I had a member of my leadership ask me, said to me, why is it when we want to fight in our meetings, you don't let us? I said, well, that's not of the Holy Spirit. She was shocked. She looked at me. Brothers and sisters, there is a character expectation. You didn't like that. There is a what? A character expectation. Let me say this to you. As Christians, we need to seek power, divine power, not occult power, okay? But guess what? We cannot go with power alone. What else do we need to balance the power? Character. Now, pay attention. Some Christians want to fly on a plane with one wing. What is a plane with one wing? An airplane that goes only on power. A Christian life that goes only on power, but doesn't care about character. It can take off. Number one. Number two, it won't fly high. Number three, it won't fly far. Number, is it three now, right? Four. Three now. It will crash soon. Oh, you can take off a little bit because you appear that it's taking off. Say, wow, it's taking off. If you're a passenger there, I ask them to drop you. You say, I never believed this could take off. He said, well, you are taking off. Don't you believe? He said, well, drop me. Because he ain't going anywhere. Did you hear about Paul teaching, saying to people that some people made what? Shipwreck of their what? Their faith. You can also make plane wreck of your faith. So give me another one quickly. Huh? Kindness. Kindness. Wow. You know we are no longer kind to other people. We are, oh, kindness is foreign now. Do you know where these things are being expected from by God? From the church. God does not expect the world to have these qualities. Because they are his personal qualities. Kindness. What else? Huh? Obedience will come somewhere. Yes? Into that. Yes. Joy. Right? Okay. What did you say? Huh? Temperance. Temperance is another name for patience. But thank you for that. You're a King James woman. Because so, somebody will walk out of here and say, we didn't say temperance. I like the way she gave us another a synonym of it. Yes? Okay, no. Temperance is self-control. 
You're right. It's not patient. It's self-what? Control. Listen, self-control is like a brake. You say, Pastor, I got a new car. I say, wow, what's car? You say, you know what? Before I tell you them, it has 12 cylinder. What does that mean? Immediately you put a, ooh. I will ask you, does it have self-control? Eh? Let me tell you, the fact that you have ability to do everything, if you don't have self-control, you will destroy yourself. Thank you for that. You know, and somebody can take temperance as a first name, you know that. You didn't believe that? One of the children here will be called temperance. Yes. Long-suffering. Very good. I think we had that, but thank you for emphasis. Endurance. That's, you see, some of the versions use different names. for, But endurance. Long-suffering. Huh? Gentleness. Gentleness. Are you all following? Then faithfulness. But in the King James, it's listed at faith. These are characters. And we say that this character attribute is a what? A coin of two sides. The one side is what? Trustfulness. By which you cultivate. There's a faith in you. That's about you. Cultivating the ability to trust God. What does it mean to trust God? It's beyond trusting God when you have problem. Are you following when the doctor, you come out of the doctor's office, they said, you have so, so, so disease. You put your hand and you come out and somebody say, you know what? Just believe. If you believe, you will heal. That's faith. But that's not the faith we are talking about here now. Huh? The faith of faithfulness goes beyond believing God for a moment. Does anybody follow? It's a faith that becomes a character of living, a way of life, meaning even when you're sleeping, you're sleeping on the basis of God's faithfulness. Are you following? It means when you're sitting down, you're sitting. Well, if they wake you up three o'clock in the morning, you know that God is faithful. So you relate with him as somebody whom you can trust at any time. Even when things are going good, you need to be faithful to him. You need to know he's faithful. And when things go bad, you must, without this understanding, you can't survive any crisis. Does anybody follow what I'm saying here? Huh? So, it's not faith that you wait to exercise when something, you need something. We are going to talk, go to that next. It is faith that makes you recognize the fact that God is dependable. That God is reliable. That God can be counted on. That God is who he says he is. That God is. Praise the Lord. Unchanging, but a changer. Praise God. Have you heard of an unchanging changer? Huh? That's the faithfulness. It is an attitude. It is an attribute. And it doesn't matter the situation and circumstance. It keeps going. It is faith on the cruise control. I said to you, it has two sides. Is that what I said? One is trustfulness. Meaning, the believer learns to cultivate a character that learns to rely on God 24-7. And let me say this to you. Whether you like it or not, you'll find yourself in a situation that you will need that. 
So the earlier you start cultivating it, the better. Do you know we always come in situations we lose control? Are you aware of it? A lot of us fool ourselves. We think we're always in control. You know where your, tooth, your toothbrush is? And so you're sure no fly perched on it. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm coming to that. You know, your bottle of water, you always have it on your armpit. Nobody touches it. Are you following? And when you go to bed, you check every door. You know why? I'm in control. One day, you will end up one minute. And then uh, there are times you're going to end up in situations that you are not in control. That's not the time to start learning to trust God. Because you will sweat until that situation comes and goes. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Okay. So one side is to trust God. Counting God. Having a character that counts God as reliable. It's called trustfulness. Are you trustful of God? And you know what? Nothing offends God than people not being trustful of him. Can I say that again? Check your Bible. Nothing does what? Offends who? God. When you find out that certain individual or people are not trustful of him. And that's the way we stay in righteousness when we are trustful of God. That's what kept Abraham even before he had Isaac. The Bible says Abraham believed God and was counted for him as what? Righteousness. That's that level of faith. Abraham was not a touch and go kind of faith man. Alright. What's the other side of this faithfulness? Eh? Trustworthiness. In other words, it's not enough for you to be able to trust God. You should be able to cultivate a character of consistency, of stability, of dependability, of reliability, to the extent that from heaven, God will look down and say, I trust this my son or my daughter. I rely on them. I depend on them. Oh, you don't know that's in the Bible? I can tell you people God trusted on, God depended on. And when people see that, that God counts on you, human beings will start counting on you. But don't kill yourself to please anyone. Ask me. That's one problem I have, trying to please people. Okay? But at the same time, don't be irresponsible. Let me say this to you. People should be able to trust you. In that way, you become the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That's one way you can glorify the Lord. Praise God. So that's where we were last week. Is that where we were? We began to look, saw people. We saw Abraham. Did God trust Abraham? In raising, he gave Abraham children because he knew Abraham would take care of those children and instruct them in the ways of God. Parents. Parents. Any parents here? Eh? You don't even understand why you had children. You think I had children because I was of age? No. You had children because God was looking for somebody to raise children for him. Do you know your children are not your children, really? Are you your caretaker? Do you understand that? So God wants children. He knows what they're going to be. Years to come. So he's looking for parents whom he can trust. Does anybody follow? 
There's nothing you have today that didn't come about God trusting you. Even when you cannot do it, he knows you cannot do it. Do you remember the, the parable of the talents? Yeah. Eh? Remember the one he gave one talent? Yeah. That one didn't function. Did he trust those people he gave talent? Yes. And when he came, some people proved. Okay. All right. How about ministries? Yes. How about putting you in the church? Because he trusts you. Even if you came crazy, if you came cuckoo, if you came sick, he knew why he sent you there. Is that when you get well, he will not trust you to do certain things. Amen. So, who else did we look at? Did he trust Daniel? Was Daniel trustworthy? <laughs> That's all you have to check. Did he trust Joseph? Was Joseph trustworthy? You see, if you look at the story of Joseph, Joseph had nothing extraordinary beyond his other brothers, but he was trustworthy. Can I show you how David was, uh, Joseph was trustworthy? Of all his brothers, you see, if you look at Joseph, the gift God gave him was not bigger than the gift he gave to the others. But let me tell you this about Joseph. Without Joseph and his trustworthiness, the one, Judah, who became the ancestor of the Messiah would have died of hunger. You didn't get that. Did you get that? Why did God send Joseph ahead? Because he knew that of all of them, Joseph was the one God trusted to say no to Potiphar's wife. Okay, come on, you don't understand. You don't understand. Let me tell you, the eldest brother took the father's wife while the father was still alive. So suppose Potiphar's wife had come. The father, Judah, out of which Jesus came, when the son died, he was going around looking for prostitutes to sleep with. And the late son's wife camouflaged herself. And she, he propositioned her. What do you think if you had gone to Potiphar's wife? Potiphar was the one, Potiphar's wife was the one propositioning. Does anybody follow? So you say, I will not send these ones. Even though Joseph was not number one. Please, if you have anybody in your family, even though he's not number one, and he's God, has, he has received a certain thing. Don't be, without him, you will die. Don't be jealous. And there are many Josephs in families. Are you all following what I'm saying? Okay, Daniel, did God depend on Daniel? Huh? Who else? Listen, Esther. Esther was doing, you know. The uncle said, let me tell you. It's your turn now to let God trust you. If you don't function, God will remove you and bring another person. He's, that, that scared her. She straightened up. Without Esther, every Jew on the planet at that time would have died. There would have been no Messiah. You think you are here because, hey, I'm here to clock. By the time I clock 40, I'll be a millionaire. If God doesn't trust you, the millionaire will turn the world crazy. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? Or you're looking for favor, favor, favor. Let me tell you, when, if, if you receive favor from God, it's not for you. Okay, you don't understand. Okay, you don't understand. Ask Abraham. Did Abraham receive favor? What was the purpose? So that he'd be a channel to the whole world. It's responsibility. It's accountability. That's what this faith, faithfulness calls for. 
<laughs> Anybody following me this evening? Huh? So let's look at some other uh, uh, passages of the Bible and we'll round up on this quickly. We'll go rather quickly. Amen? Okay. Turn with me to... Did we take Psalms 15 that day? Okay, let's go to Psalms 15 quickly. We have a couple of scriptures here to go. Mm. Hallelujah. Psalms 15, 1 to 4, quickly. Media, are you giving me? All right, get around, get around. How this time flew this evening? I don't understand. Get ready tonight. There's going to be a power, a release of power from the Lord. Are you all ready tonight? Are you being blessed? Okay, will you come back next Thursday? <laughs> they say, yeah. Are you trustworthy? <laughs> wow. Praise God. Uh, Psalms 15. Somebody read with a loud, loud voice before the. Okay, it's here. Lord, who may reside in your tent? Who may stay in the presence of God? What kind of person is God looking for? You know, somebody said that God is not looking for golden vessels. Is looking for yielded vessels. Okay. Who may settle on your holy hill? You know where holy hill is? The church. The congregation of God's people. Mount Zion. <laughs> who is the person that you really can be comfortable there? Let's see. The one who walks with what? Integrity. Practices what? Righteousness. And speaks where? What? Truth in his heart. Three. He does not slander with his tongue nor do evil to his neighbor, nor bring shame on his... Oh, you don't hear this in modern churches. You just want to know how to make it before the year ends. Next verse. A despicable person is despised in his eyes, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He takes an oath to his own what? What is that one word? Faithfulness. <laughs> He doesn't change his word by the minutes. But he asked me to come today now. And I war, and I fight. Okay, you know what? Forget it. I just said it. Praise the Lord. He takes an oath to his own detriment. Do you know unbelievers take oaths? And they, do you know that Herod, Herod, the one who killed John the Baptist, huh? do you know that really, Really, he wasn't going to kill John the Baptist. I, I wish I had time. I would have shown you that passage. And that's why, be ready for what you ask for. She asked that little girl, what do you want for your birthday? The guy said, the head of John the Baptist. He said, whatever you say, I will do it. Huh? The guy said, let me ask my mommy. Mommy, mommy, mommy. And the mommy was an enemy of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, Oh, the mommy said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. The man came, the girl came to the king and said, the head of John the Baptist. And, and my mommy said, the head of Uncle John. Are you all listening? The king said, wow. No, I can't kill, I can't murder. But the Bible said, the New Testament said, but because he has said those words, and he cannot change it, because he said it in the presence of his guests. An evil man will not change an oath. A human being cannot change. Why would God change his oath? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and he has he not done it? 
What's that? The faithfulness of God. There's a return side when you say a word before God or before man. He said, let your nay be what? Nay. Your no be what? No. He said, in fact, you don't need to make an oath. Just say a simple word and keep to it. I'm talking about faith, a level of faith. And you know what? If you don't work well on this kind of faith, when you come to the faith of receiving, you will struggle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. He takes an oath to his own detriment and does not what? Change. But if there's reason why you need to change, make your reason clear and let your reason be biblical because we are human. Are you following? Huh? Okay. We are human. But don't walk away like that. Are you following? Let's say we are still human. We are not God. We can promise something and it turned out it didn't work out that way. But you can still handle that in a Christian way. You believe that? Okay. Don't act like, oh, okay, why? Well, no, 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 no. Just say, my brother, my sister, I thought, please forgive me. I didn't know. And you too, you ought to know. Don't say, huh. what's your word, Joe, every time, oh, hmm. you start counting. No, you have to, because next time it may be your turn. But at the same time, don't be casual. And if it doesn't work, you can still be a Christian by handling it in a Christian way. It, did you get me? Okay. Let's keep a balance. Let's go on. What was the next thing there? Next, quickly. He does not lend his money at, at an interest and so on and so forth. He does not take a bribe. These are part of things God expects of us against the innocent. One who does these things will what? Quickly. Will never be what? Shaken. See, the, the, the blessing of faithfulness, being faithful, is that when things around are moving, you don't get shaken. Because at that time, you know whom you believe. <laughs> and you, you don't have much of the devil accusing you. Are you all following? All right, moving on. Let's look at um, Luke chapter 12, quickly. Luke 12, Luke 12, verse 35 to verse 48. Let's take a, a look at a few of these things. Luke 12, 35 to what? Uh, to 48. Are you there? Okay, let's start from 34. They want me to start at 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Huh? Okay. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Remember the 12 virgins? Huh? The 10 virgins. The problem on one side was faithful, uh, unfaithfulness. And probably the good thing about the other is faithfulness. Keeping steady and consistent. All right. Be, it said, be like men who are waiting for their master. Are we as Christian wait, Christians waiting for our master? Huh? When he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately do what? Open the what? Next. The door to him when he comes and does what? Knocks. You see, there are people you ask to wait for you. When you come back, you knock. They are not there. If they are there, they are in slumber. But sometimes they are not there. They disappear. Okay, that's the beginning. Watch. Amen? Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on where alert when he comes back what is it that will keep them alert between the time the master left and the time the master comes back faithfulness 
And why is the master telling them that? Because the master is trustworthy. Uh, is counting them as what? Trustworthy. The master is trusting them. I, I don't know if you see what I'm seeing there. Eh? All right. Freely I say to you that he will get himself to serve and have them recline at the table. That's the blessing. The master, listen, faithfulness pleases God to the point that the Lord will put on an apron to serve you. That's what he's saying there. Huh? And we come up and wait on who? Them. Remember the greetings in Matthew for those who use the talent. Welcome you what? Faithful servant. What is he telling you? I counted on you. I depended on you. I trusted you. Now it's not man trusting God now. It's God trusting man. So I know the first day I said that God can trust you. You guys were looking at me like, what has happened to pastor? Are you all following? Okay, move on. And, and in, in what kind of things will God trust you? Big things, small things? It starts from small things. It starts from small things. That's why when you have a small thing, stop. Don't, don't, don't do it away and look for big things. <laughs> can I say this? I've been saying this since 2003 to you. Can, can I say it one more time? Are you ready? You may write it down. God's packages, and you know every package from God is good, right? God's packages come in small envelopes. Okay, next time I will expand on it. But do you believe that? Okay. I'll give you at least 15 examples in one state standing. You see it. A lot of people want big envelopes. They say, I like my things big from God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Start humble. Amen. Moving on. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third watch and find them so blessed are those slaves. So it doesn't matter when he comes. Are you following? The Lord may choose to alter his calendar. What's important is that you are what? Consistent. You can be counted on. Are you following? Whether in Africa, you are in Africa, and then you came to America, you want to give an excuse. You know, God, this is America. America has suffered in the hands of many believers. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? God, you know when I was in Africa, if he was in Africa, like I used to be, I would have shown you how to be faithful. No. Watch. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed, listen to this, his house to be what? Broken into. You know when the thief comes is when you least expect. But if you maintain, if you're consistent with your security practices, he will not come. Even if he comes, he won't break in. Are you all following? Okay. Christians, let's be consistent in what we are doing. That's the whole message here. You too be what? Ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not what? Expect. Next, quickly. Peter said, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else as well? Peter always asks that kind of question. And the Lord said, who then is the faithful? Who then is the what? Who then is the what? Okay. And what? Sensible steward. 
whom his master will put in charge of his what? Servant. To give them their what? Rations. Are they what? Prophet. You see, there's a consistency there. Is that correct? You just don't stand there and say, I have the steward. You have to do what you needed to do. Consistency in your Christian life. God counts on you for that. The idea of coming to church today and we don't know when next you're showing up is not of God. The idea of showing up in the things you are expected to do in the house of God and we don't know when, know when next and when we see you next, it's like we found gold and everyone's calling you, oh, see that? Yeah, 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 see? And he's smiling. Yes, I've come. I'm God's special one. I just decided to show up when I can. Okay, come on, everybody give me five. You're a mess. By the time they start giving you five, you turn dizzy. At 15, they just give you 15, you turn dizzy. You are not, you, are, you don't understand who you are. But God counts on you to be consistent. Can I tell you something? Anyone who does anything consistently receives from that thing how? Consistent. If you go, go and register for a course in college and don't be consistent with your classes. You graduate in the next millennium. That's what you get. Try it on your job. Show up inconsistently. They start paying you inconsistently. Is that correct? You see your paycheck, you say, what's this? You go to your boss. They say, okay, let's check when you were here. By the time they check, they say, that's what you got. And you better shape off all, otherwise the next one is what? You're out the door. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? If you don't raise your children with consistent standards, you're going to have inconsistent behavior. And that means that you are not faithful. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he does what? When he comes. Who is the one that blessed? Listen, you, whether you believe that when the master comes, he's going to give you this, that, and that, that's not the faith that works in this case. You know the faith that works in this case? Faithfulness. Are you all following? Okay. You know, the five foolish virgins, they had faith. You didn't know that they had faith, but they were not faithful. Do you know, by the way, they were virgins? <laughs> so they were okay on that level. So they were God's people. If they were virgins, like the other ones. Okay? But they did not work consistently with the Holy Spirit. Next. Next. Uh, no, go back. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of what? All his what? You notice the little things? Now, after he saw him faithful, he gives him more. Next, 45. But if that slave says in his heart, my master, look at that. That's where we, we think we are smart. You see, our heart deceives us. If that slave says where? In his heart. You say, but pastor, he didn't say anything. No. How did you know? I, I didn't know, but he said it in his heart. My master will be a long time in what? coming. Is that not smartness? This guy walked out the master's flight, flight schedule. Okay? And begins to beat the slaves. 
What was he appointed to do with the slaves? Feed them. Give them what they need. What is he doing now? He's beating them. He, on, on, God will not find us faithful when we turn from what he asks us to do and we're doing something else. Both men and and who? Women. And to eat and drink and get drunk. Meaning he eats his own and eats their own and gets drunk. The master of that slave will come on a day when he does not what? Expect him. And at an hour, he does not what? No. And will do what? Cut him in pieces. And assign him where? A place with where? You see, those who tell you that one saved, always saved. Let them read that. Do you recognize that the master of the, the, the steward was a believer? Eh? But because he wasn't faithful, which is what salvation expects us to do, he will end up with who? Unbelievers. I think that's the last verse. Is that correct? Okay, let's look at Luke 8. You, you know this passage, but you're going to get another dimension of understanding tonight. Luke 18, sorry. Luke 18. No, uh, did, what verse did we finish on the other one? 48? Okay, Let, let's go to Luke 18. Verse 1, quickly. Luke 18. It looks like we'll finish just trustworthiness tonight. And then we start the other shade of meaning of faithness. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at how many times? All times men ought to pray and not to lose that. Do you know one of the areas that God expects you to be trustworthy is in the area of prayer? Are you aware of that? <laughs> and guess the one area we are very tempted not to be consistent in, in. What's the area? Number one, prayer. Prayerlessness is demonic activity. And it doesn't matter who is going through it. It could be a pastor. It could be a pastor. Saying, in a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. You know where I'm going, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, moving on. There was a widow in that city, and she kept, listen to that, pay attention. And she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my what? opponent right next for a while he was unwilling but afterward he said to himself the judge now the wicked guy even though i do not fear god nor respect man yet because of because this widow does what bothers me let me stop here your faithfulness bothers the devil you didn't hear me okay you didn't hear me anything god wants you to do and you're faithful to that you are hitting the devil. Meanwhile, the devil is as faithful as a monkey. A monkey is faithful. I didn't even know. I didn't check. The devil walks day and night. That's what he told God in the book of Job. He roams the whole world. You can't do those things unless you are faithful to your cause. <laughs> How many of us climb staircase every day? The physical trainer said climb staircase every day. You see elevator, you know, staircase. You stand by elevator. <laughs> Somebody say, come, let's walk there. I say, no, the next time I'll join you, next time. You know? But the devil roams the whole earth. Okay, moving on. Otherwise, by continually, by how? Once in a while coming. Occasional coming. 
consistently coming. If you want to receive consistently from God, you have to believe God consistently. Trouble or no trouble? Are you following? She will what? Where may I? I told you from the Greek, from the original, from the margin, says she will hit me beneath the eye. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Amen? Now, now, will not God bring about justice for his elect? Who cried to him? How? When? Day and what? Now, is that faithfulness in prayer? Consistency. And he, will he delay long over them? Now, I have taught faith of receiving from this passage. Huh? Is that true? And there's faith there. Is that not true? But you notice that that woman went beyond faith as a way of receiving. And went towards what? Faithfulness. Did you notice that? <laughs> All right. Let's see what Jesus said. How she, he ended that parable. I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find what? Faith on the earth. I want to let you know that the word faith there is faithfulness. Because the context shows us. Because the, how often did the woman go? Continually. He was, she was consistent. She was regular. She was unstoppable. She was, she couldn't even tolerate whether the man is angry or not. She didn't care. She remained who she is. And notice that the situation didn't change. And the fact that the situation didn't change, she didn't collapse and get discouraged. I said, don't you know, I'm a widow. God will finish you. God will deal with you. You finish him. Don't wait God for, for God to finish. The judge said, this woman is finishing me. Some of us would have collapsed and said, God will punish you. You bad judge. Look at his head. And then you turn around, you see what they are doing for me. Hey, my husband, where are you? My wife, where are you? No, muzzle up. I said, do what? Muzzle up. The joy, you know, one thing about the enemy is that if we get what the enemy suffer from, from us, we, we, we will get stronger. Many times we underestimate ourselves. Are you following? The enemy is suffering. When we walk in dominion, as long as we can. That woman was consistent. So what Jesus was saying that, how many people will I find that will be as consistent as that woman? And that is not just called faith. It is called faithfulness. And guess what? Jesus could count on that woman. Huh? To deal with that evil judge. What Jesus was saying, that woman is somebody I counted for, I counted on to deal with that judge. To deal with that impossibility. How many of us can God count on to do such things? So did you see the two sides of the same coin? You, we, you and I must cultivate both sides. Are you all following? What is side number one? Huh? No, side number one? The whole thing is faithfulness. Let, okay, watch, watch, pay attention, pay attention because watch. You know, one of the things I found out when I became born again and became a Pentecostalizer, there are words we use a lot of words in Catholic Church. They didn't use too much words, but Pentecostals have synonyms. I just want to rely on the Lord 
Ask them what they mean. They don't know. Just depending on Jesus. What does depending on Jesus mean? He doesn't know. Pentecostals. I'm just trusting God. I'm going to trust God until this is over. What does trusting God mean? That's why you have to thank God for teaching ministry. Are you hearing me? Because a lot of us grew up hearing religious words. And we speak them better, more than those who showed us them. But ask us, sit down on a good day. Sit down. What does it mean? Pastor, does it mean anything? Ah. So let me say it to you. See, what's like relying on God, depending on God, trusting God. And some of you are so fanciful when you speak these words. I like the fancy though. What's the other one? Hmm? What's the other one? You, you're leaving me at the middle of the road. Believing God. That's what it comes down to. Being able, it will take cultivation of character. A one, a once in a time shot in the arm will not be enough. This, we're talking about faithfulness. Are you following? As a character that you cultivate. In that way, you can rely on God. You can depend on God. You can trust in God. What does it mean? If God says it, Somebody say, I believe it. And somebody says, that settles it. What does it mean to believe on God, to rely on God, to depend on God? Is what God says that in his word. Huh? You stand on it. You count on it as the word of someone who cannot change. That's what it means to rely on God, to depend on God, to trust God, and to believe God. Are you hearing me? I gave you an example of somebody who did it. Sarah, give me Hebrews 11, 11. Let me show you how Sarah, our mother, did it. And, and I want to prove to you that you and I can do it. Are you following? When God says something, you say, God, is that what you said? He says, yes. It's okay. I will rest it there. That's what it means. And you know what? That word changes your attitude, gives you a new mindset, make you to speak in a certain way, and make you to act in a certain way. You are relying on God. And guess what? The situation has not changed yet. But keep, as you rely on the Lord, then the Lord will deal with the situation. You did not hear me. Look at how Sarah. Let me tell you. Sarah believed, exercised faith. But Sarah did more than exercising faith. Sarah went over to what? Faithfulness. Look at Hebrews 11. 11. By faith, even Sarah herself, you know what that means? Received what? Ability to what? Conceived, even beyond what? The proper time of life. Why? How? Since she what? Considered him. Hey! <laughs> Faithful. Did you understand? So it wasn't the one time to I believe God now. Give me, give me children. No, he said, if God said it, because when God said to her this time next year, she was laughing. Huh? Then, after God said, are you laughing? He said, I didn't laugh. Oh. God said, you laughed. He said, okay. He said, by the way, why did I laugh? This God, if you check his record, he never failed. That's counting God faithful. How many of you have been failed by God here before? Uh oh I thought I would see hands. So he doesn't fail. So let's count on him. 
Counting him faithful who had what? Promised. That's, so that side is one side of the coin. That's what trustfulness. You know what happened? So when Abraham called him later that evening, he said, come over. He said, okay. I thought I was over with this. But since God said, okay, I'm coming. Mindset change. Words change. Action changed. And you know one of the ways action and attitude changed? It was not like, hmm, let's do as we normally do as we used to do before. No. That night, the attitude was different. It's like what we are doing now is receiving. Okay. Praise God. You understand what I mean? Okay. That's one side. What's the other side? Trustworthiness. What does it mean? Allowing God and others to do what? Rely on you. But don't make them lazy. Of course, God cannot be lazy in your hand. The other people that are relying on you, let them know you can't be lazy. I'm not doing this to make you lazy. Otherwise, people will be lazy on you. And say, Pastor, I go and said, allow me to trust you. Are you following? Amen. Even when we depend on God, it doesn't make us lazy. Are you following? It doesn't give us shortcuts. After Sarah believed in him, we had trusted him, I say, go and see your husband. He didn't say, Sarah, lay back, let me take care of it. I'll bring you, only Jesus came that way. Are you following? Okay. So you have to understand that. Okay. And finally, in closing, we're out of time. Let me remind you. The first part, how do you do it? You learn to entrust. To take something at a moment and say, God, I'm putting this in your hand. If you want to write the date. <laughs> okay? It's called what? Trusting or committing. Is that correct? And the, although these things we are talking about is also commitment. Have you heard of the word commitment before? You commit. It's like the day you say, I do. Will you marry me? You say, I do. That's entrusting. Die there. Is that not true? And then after that, what do you do? You trust him. So that's entrusting. After entrusting, you go on continuing what? Trusting. It's like taking your money to the bank. Is that correct? Huh? And then cultivating for people to rely on you is just be focused. Be who you are, but be conscious of the Lord. Know that you are not just for yourself, that you are a servant of God. You do what God is showing you to do, and people will, rely, will trust you. And that, I'm telling you, even on the job, if you do it on the job, your supervisors will trust you. Do you know that on the job, they know who to call when there's a problem? Huh? <laughs> they know who to call. Sometimes they may not get you right. They may, not, they may underestimate you. Even if they underestimate you, ignore them. Focus on proving them wrong. Are you following? And sometimes they may give you something to say, oh, they want to kill me and destroy me. Let me give you a, this, this testimony. Years ago, when I changed the job, the, my present job now, I didn't know what was going on. I noticed that my director, whenever there's a case, big people to put them to sleep, he'll take me and say, come, you're going to do it. And sometimes, not knowing the politics around saves you. Are you hearing me? As I was doing it, and everything was working out very well. And all of a sudden, the attendants started com coming to me and saying, how do you do it? And I didn't know that. And my patients were waking up like that. 
In fact, one person woke up one day. I said to her, the surgery is over, anesthesia is over, you're awake now. He said, really? You're done? I said, yes. He said, can I go shopping? I said, no, please, no. <laughs> I thought she was kidding. I mean, so some of the attending physicians were coming to me and say, how do you do it? One of them is dead now. He said, my machine always sounds alarm. How do you maintain your machine? I said, I use this setting, I use that setting, I use that setting. And people started coming around me. I said, wait a minute, what, what's going on? Later I found out that they didn't want to do that case until I got there. So my director was stopped doing him and doing administrative things. And so he took me, I didn't know the politics. Then one day I was in the cafeteria, the chief surgeon in the whole hospital said to me, you are a goha, right? I said, yes. So I've heard about you. He told me that the surgeon that does those cases have told me about you. And we had a team. They took us to the TV. They showed us on TV. Can you imagine that? I came out on TV. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I told my wife that time, I think. And not preaching, doing stuff. But what's the point, I'm telling you? That's an attendee who came years after. He said to me, I heard that you used to do. And the surgeon, anytime he sees me today, he tells everybody, say, years ago, we used to do this case. Back and forth. Why am I saying this? If you're focused, if you're trustworthy, just don't mind what politics and all that. You mess yourself up. You gave me this, you didn't give me that. Wherever you are, do your thing well. That's what made Joseph. That's what made Daniel. <laughs> are you all following? And so, I became an expert on that already. So when I got it, I heard it's okay. I didn't know about this. And we kept doing. So what am I saying? Faithfulness, our faithfulness should not only be in church. Are you all following? Anywhere we are. If you are blessed tonight, I want you to stand. Hallelujah. That's faith. Faithfulness. Faith as faithfulness. As a fruit of the Spirit. Does anybody understand that? Did you understand that? Amen. Let me read one more scripture. Please, I'll read this scripture before you go. This is interesting. This is interesting. One more scripture. Romans chapter 1. Give me Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Just one minute. Twenty-eight to thirty-two. This is talking about the people at the end of the age, the behaviors of people in this day and age. Twenty-eight. And just as they did not see it fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do. In the previous verse, he's talking about gays and homosexuals and all that. Amen. To do things, those things, which are not what proper. Did you see that? Being filled with all what? Unrighteousness, wickedness, greed. Look at the kind of things they are filled with. Unbelievers. Amen? Greed, evil, full of envy, murder. Did you notice that? These are big things. Is that correct? Huh? Are they not big evil, right? 
strife. Strife is not good, brethren. Deceit. Malice. They are gossips. Wow. Slanderers. Listen to that. Haters of God. Insolent. Arrogant. You know, these are things that are commonly found among Christians these days. Have you noticed that? They are also boastful. Amen? They are also inventors of evil. Is that correct? Disobedient to parents. Look at the next one. Without understanding, look at this one. Untrustworthy. Ah. <laughs> Can you imagine the list that you find untrustworthy in? Okay. Unloving and unmerciful. Do you believe that untrustworthy appears on the same list with murder? <laughs> Think about it. It appears on the same list with inventors of evil. Inventors of evil, people who know how to do this, to do that evil things that we see today. Are you following? Untrustworthy. Amen. That's why Jesus says, when he returns, will he find faithfulness on the earth? Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes, everyone.